We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, the topic is love. This banner that the left waves, the progressives, the LGBTQIA, SJW, BLM, CRT banner of love, the rainbow flag, that love is love. But the question is, really, is it? Or is this agenda, this agenda of love, actually the antithesis, the opposite of what real love is? I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning, and welcome to The Rebellion. Well, as I said in the introduction, today's topic is love, the definition of love. What is real love? What is true love? What is actual love? How is it defined, and has it been defined differently throughout the millennia than we're defining it today? Have we flipped this word on its ear and turned it upside down like we've done so many other words in our contemporary lexicon? Have we completely reversed definitions here? Is love love or is it something else as it's defined today? When you see people marching in the streets, protesting, waving their banners of love is love, do they even understand what the word is? And are they actually practicing something that is loving Or is it the antithesis? Is it the opposite? Is it actually hateful? And there's another question. Is hate the opposite of love? Well, Eli Wiesel said no. And I'll share a quote with you from him. All right, that's today's topic, the definition of love. Have we lost it? Have we abandoned its definition, just like we have the definition of women, the definition of children, the definition of science? Has reality been lost? And have we lost the definition of love in the process? I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Let's take a break. I'll be right back in a couple minutes. In 1978, George and Kate Tedford set out to protect Oklahoma businesses better. Today, their son and our CEO, Mark Tedford, is excited to carry on his family's legacy. Professional liability, compliance, property, workers' comp, health and life. Tedford Insurance's dedicated team gives you access to the nation's largest insurance providers, negotiates the best rates, and protects their own legacy like no one else. Call 918-299-2345 or tedfordinsurance.com. The Patriot Auto Group, locally owned and operated. The Patriot family of dealerships takes great pride in supporting the communities we serve throughout the great state of Oklahoma. The Patriot Auto Group's charitable work has been recognized throughout Oklahoma. Whether it's visiting one of our local dealerships or simply shopping and buying online with our doorstep delivery, the Patriot Auto Group takes the stress out of buying a new or used vehicle. And every purchase comes with our exclusive peace of mind, Patriot Pledge. You get engines for life, plus one year maintenance and 10 full years of roadside assistance plus so much more. Sure, we can sell you a car, but supporting our community and lending a hand to our neighbors in need? Sold. The Patriot Auto Group. Proud Oklahomans in the communities we serve. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. 
Let me share this quote with you from Eli Wiesel. You know who he was. He was a, he was a Jew who argued for decades against anti-Semitism. He tried to bring to light the atrocities of World War II and the Holocaust, where there were Holocaust deniers and people that were suggesting that it really didn't happen or it wasn't that bad or it had been exaggerated. Eli Wiesel was right at the front of the pack saying, no, here's the evidence. He also was adamantly determined to track down those Nazi sympathizers or those individuals who had actually participated in the atrocities of the Holocaust, German prison guards at Auschwitz and whatnot, and bring them to trial, have them face justice. That's a different story, though. Eli Wiesel was once quoted saying this, The opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. The opposite of art is not ugliness. It's indifference. The opposite of faith is not heresy. It's indifference. The opposite of life is not death. It's indifference. Close quote, Eli Wiesel. But one more time, I want you to hear this one, and then I, I'm going to read a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. that has some overlap, some common themes. The opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. The opposite of art is not ugliness. It's indifference. The opposite of faith is not heresy. It's indifference. And the opposite of life is not death. It is indifference. Close quote, Eli Wiesel. What's his point here? When you shrug your shoulders and don't and say you don't care, that's the opposite of these good things. Indifference, apathy, tolerance is the opposite of love. Hate is not its opposite. Tolerance, indifference, apathy is the opposite of art. Apathy, tolerance, indifference is the opposite of faith. And the opposite of life is not death, but it's tolerance, indifference, apathy. Eli Wiesel was making the point that when the Germans, the German culture, the German people, by the millions, sat on the sidelines and said nothing and just shrugged their shoulders with indifference in the face of the atrocities that were being committed by their government, that that shrug of the shoulders, that turn of the head, that going on with daily life without caring, was the opposite of love. All right? Martin Luther King Jr. said this, In the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. Is he saying the same thing here? One more time from Martin Luther King Jr. In the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. This, this echoes the seminal quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. God will not hold us guiltless. Again from Bonhoeffer, not to speak is to speak and not to act is to act. Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. God will not hold us guiltless. Now, you listen to these quotes of Eli Wiesel and Martin Luther King Jr. and Dietrich Bonhoeffer, where the inaction, the apathy, the silence, the tolerance is actually the opposite of these good virtues. It puts tolerance and apathy, silence, indifference, a shrug of the shoulders, I don't care, do what you want to do. It puts that at the opposite end of the continuum of love. So I want to talk about the definition of love. Have we lost it? I mean, if you're honestly following the culture wars in our nation at all right now, you've got to admit that the ideas and values, the very ideas and values that once served as 
the cornerstones of our constitutional republic, are no longer even understood. I mean, we're tearing down the very definitions of the ivory tower, and we've created a Tower of Babel. It's going to crumble. It's going to come falling down. And we're going to babble back and forth to one another with undefined, poorly defined, wrongly defined terms and language and words. So we don't even understand the major cornerstones of our constitutional republic, let alone are we passing them down from one generation to the next, as we should be. The key virtues that once served as a bedrock for our free society the, the, that America was built upon, the bedrock, the foundation of America, the United States, the United States of America, is no longer recognized or even properly defined. Women are now men, men are now women. We don't have Title IX meaning anything any longer because it can't mean anything if there's no objective meaning and definition of women. Like I've talked repeatedly on the show, we're blurring the lines between childhood and adulthood so that children are now assumed or argued to be able to make adult decisions, consent to things that are wrong and evil, and thus they become prey to sexual deviance, men dressed up in drag. We've dumbed down the definition of life. If, if, If a child is unwanted two seconds before it's born, then you can kill it. And that leads you to ask the rhetorical question, what's the difference between two seconds before it's born and two seconds after it's born? Aren't both evil? What changed other than location in a mere four seconds? Nothing. It's the same entity. It's the same thing. And if you can kill it earlier, why can't you kill it later? I mean, we've, we, we now argue against racism in the name of racism. Critical theory is racist. It teaches you to judge people by the color of their skin rather than the content of their character. We used to agree that that is the objective definition of racism, looking at another group of people and judging them because of the way they look. Well, that's just the way they are. That's, that's how those people think and behave. This is blatant racism, but yet it's being taught pervasively in your public schools, and we don't bat an eye. We, we argue for safety and we give up our freedom. We agree not to go to church. We agree to stay confined, quarantined in our little cells, caves, for the sake of safety and health. Freedom be damned. We don't care about that anymore. Give me liberty or give me death has been turned on its ear. Because I fear death, I'll give up my liberty has been the motto of the last half dozen years. So another casualty in this war of ignorance is the virtue of love, the word love. It's otherwise known as Christian charity. That's the way we talk about it in the Bible. But today it's assumed that love means tolerance, and tolerance means love. That's what we assume today. The rainbow banner is a banner of tolerance, is it not? And they say love means love. Love, not hate. Love trumps hate. Love means love, and they wave their banner of tolerance. So it's assumed that they're synonymous. Love means tolerance and tolerance means love. But any, any cursory understanding of these two terms shows that they're not the same. They don't have the same moral weight and value. To tolerate someone does not mean you even care about him or her, let alone love them. As I once told Bill O'Reilly on his show, you didn't send your wife an I tolerate you card on your anniversary, and there's a reason. It wouldn't have ended well. 
because tolerance is an inferior vir virtue. Tolerance says, I don't care. Do what you want. But love, on the other hand, is a superior virtue. Christian charity is superior. Tolerance is inferior. Love, Christian charity, says, I care deeply. I care deeply enough to tell you to stop. Tolerance says, I couldn't care less. Love says, I care a great deal. You get the difference here? We don't send I tolerate you cards to those we love, do we? But tolerance, as it's currently practiced, is extended only to those who accept the progressive agenda. It's not even a complete, um, it, 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 it's, it's incomplete. The left, the progressives, don't believe in full tolerance, complete tolerance. They believe in selective tolerance because it's only extended to those who accept their agenda and fall in line with their approved thoughts and attitudes and political views. The, these, these leaders of the left are so tolerant that they feel compelled to dismiss, if not completely shut down, any viewpoints that disagree with their own view. Do you see the irony, the hypocrisy, the duplicity? Their intolerance for anything that smacks of traditional views, a traditional viewpoint, is on full display every day. They're shamelessly telling Christians and conservative Jews that they're intolerable, and they do this under the banner of tolerance. They're so tolerant that they protest the likes of Ben Shapiro and Dennis Prager and Star Parker. I mean, you know, just fill in the blank. Dave Rubin, Adam Carolla, who aren't even Christians. Dave Rubin and Adam Carolla, they're just conservative, open-minded secularists. Tolerance says all are welcome, unless, unless you're Prager, Star Parker, Ben Shapiro, Dave Rubin, Adam Carolla, Sarah Huckabee, Candace Owens, Clarence Thomas, or Tucker Carlson. In, in those cases, those people are intolerable, all under the banner of tolerance. But they're claiming that tolerance is the, is the highest virtue, a, a higher virtue, more important, seminal virtue than, than even biblical love and charity. This tolerance movement has continuously had to redefine itself because of this endless moving of the target, this list of acceptable and unacceptable words and beliefs. What was celebrated yesterday, Title IX, is now intolerable, right? What was celebrated yesterday in MLK's I Have a Dream speech is now a speech of bigotry, hatred, because it's opposite to what we, in critical theory, think it should be. This is the constant policing and the power, playing of power, quest of power, the precious ring of power by those who are in power. They won't let it go. My precious, my precious, the ring of power. Religious freedom is derided now. Every day brings n new rules and restrictions regarding what you're allowed to think and say in the public square. Or even privately, teach to your own children. If you're teaching your kids that just something simple that we all agreed on yesterday, even secularists agreed that we want to teach our kids to avoid, you know, avoid getting involved sexually. We, we didn't like young men preying on our daughters, did we? The old joke of the father sitting on his front porch with a shotgun when the girl's date comes by to visit and saying to the young man, you better keep your pants on or I'll use this. I'll use this gun. We don't even, we don't even teach that any longer. 
And, and why? Why? It's because it's about power and control. It's about authority. You get rid of the big laws and you, you're not going to get freedom. You're going to get a thousand little laws. It's about authority, control, and power. Redefine the words and the person who redefines them and, and holds the dictionary. Controls the dictionary. That's the one that will control the people. So contemporary tolerance has become little more than this thinly veiled experiment, like something out of Huxley's Brave New World. Any free thought is a threat to power from the progressives, or the power of the progressives and their agenda. It's, I guess it's been some 35 years ago that Tina, Tina Turner, I'll say that again, Tina Turner, she topped the Billboard charts with her song, What's Love Got to Do With It? Well, we should be asking that question today. What's love got to do with this agenda of tolerance? What's it got to do? What does it have to do when it comes to building a free and virtuous society? The answer to the question is, what, what is love? It has everything to do with it. Because a truly loving person will care enough to disagree. Right? Love presupposes the freedom of both parties to say or suggest or argue that the other one is wrong. Love assumes the obligation to stand in the way of someone when he's defined his reality wrongly and he's hurting himself or hurting others. We can love him enough or her enough to stand in the way and say, stop it. I mean, love tries to prevent other people from destroying themselves, right? Can't we agree on that? Love just doesn't tolerate bad behavior. Loving parents are going to refuse to let their children do foolish things. That's what good parents do. They protect their kids. They keep them from running out in the middle of the highway and killing themselves. Love says, stop, no, don't go out into the road. Tolerating that would be terrible. That would be aiding and abetting in the delinquency of a minor be child abuse. <laughs> Loving people are tolerant enough to tell their son to stay out of the road. Loving people don't tolerate their daughter putting their hand on a hot stove. Loving parents are those that love their child enough when he stands in the kitchen, turning on the gas, on the gas stove, or putting his hand in the fire, to say, stop, stop, don't do that. You're going to hurt yourself. A true friend is going to tell us when we're wrong. If you're enabling rather than confronting, you might want to do a friendship check. All of us have had to be told that we were wrong once in a while and that we should stop if we're doing foolish and stupid and sinful and destructive things. That's what friends do. Stop, don't do that. Don't have that extra drink. Don't smoke that. Friends help. They just don't tolerate. They confront. They don't enable. It's kind of like appeasement. If appeasement is your goal, then you're going to get a bad result. By tolerating or showing support, appeasing behavior that we know is bad, we're not doing anyone any favors. Chamberlain wasn't doing the Jews any favors by appeasing the bad behavior of the Germans. Churchill stood in the way and said, stop, this is wrong. You can't kill Jews because you don't like them. It's not love. 
That's not love. And Eli Wiesel was saying the opposite of that love was the indifference of the shrug of the shoulders, the apathy, the tolerance of the German public in the face of this evil. Friends should want what's best for those we love. And that means we have to be willing to tell them when we believe they are doing something wrong that's hurting themselves, whether in mind, body, or soul. So this progressive tolerance that I'm talking about today, that I'm arguing is the antithesis, the opposite of love, the opposite of love, this tolerance is demanding that we abandon our friends to whatever moral code is fashionable at the time. It's a moving target. Whatever is moral today, it doesn't matter what we thought yesterday, and it doesn't matter what we'll think tomorrow. Just Let's just tolerate, abandon our friends and our family to this moving target, this fashionable code. It's not even a code. This, this thing that just happens to be popular at the moment. This, this progressive tolerance is dangerous. It's unstable. It's moving. It's constantly blown around by the winds of political fads. And it, this, this instability is used by those who are looking for power. The radical tolerance in the hands of the powerful refuses to allow for discussions. It has no consistent standard. Like I said, the target is always moving. Progressive tolerance refuses to allow anyone to challenge what happens to be popular at the moment. Tolerance, as it's defined today, quickly becomes tyranny, doesn't it? We're watching it. Because I want tolerance, I'm going to create laws that don't tolerate any dissent. We'll cancel you. We'll remove you. We'll deplatform you. We'll silence you, Tucker Carlson, because we believe in tolerance, and your last show was intolerable. You get this? Tolerance squashes debate. It derides dissent. It seeks control. It silences speech. Tolerance is anti-freedom. And we're watching these progressives today strut around in this brave new world, Naked as a jaybird, wearing their emperor's new clothes of inclusion and acceptance and tolerance. And in these tolerant times, those waving their banners of love is love. Actually look forward to a day of sitting in the Colosseum and being entertained as they watch all the rest of us who dared dissent from their new orthodoxy. Watch us being brought to our knees in this Roman Colosseum. Exaggeration? I don't think so. The best predictor of future behavior is always past behavior. He who doesn't learn the lessons of history is doomed to repeat them, damned to repeat them. And in this world of inclusion, where you see almost blood dripping from the fangs of those who are chanting, love is love, love trumps hate. They're screaming this with angry, hateful faces. Because we dared to challenge them. We dared to say, hey, can you tolerate my intolerance? Are you going to exclude me in the name of your inclusion? Are you sure nothing is sure? Do you know nothing can be known? Are you absolutely confident there are no absolutes? It it seems to me that your agenda is self-refuting. And that you've dumbed down the definition of love to nothing but apathy, indifference, tolerance. And Eli Wiesel said 
that what your agenda really is, your rainbow agenda, your agenda of radical tolerance is really nothing but hate. It's not loving. It's the antithesis, opposite. It's at the other end of the continuum of charity, biblical charity, of love. In this world of inclusion, they condemn others for being judgmental. While they yearn for the day, well, they will judge everyone and banish from polite society anybody that thinks for themselves. Look at what's happened to Tucker Carlson right now. That's exactly what they're doing. And this hypocrisy, all this hypocrisy gets lost on those who have willfully given away one of the greatest freedoms all human beings have, the freedom of thought. It's indoctrination. And it's in our educational system. As we're watching our students are being cloned in the spitting image of their progressive professors. Professors who will tolerate nothing less than full subservience to their ideas. They crush any 18, 19, 21-year-old college student who dares to object and raise their hand. They're intimidating all of these people into full ideological compliance. This ideological fascism is the opposite of academic freedom, freedom of thought. Welcome to the millennial ivory tower, a place of selfishness and arrogance, tolerance, and condescension. So, can you change all this in the last couple minutes of the show? How do we instill, how do we instill in young people, the next generation, the understanding that tolerance, indifference, affirmation, inclusion, all of these buzzwords of the political left, the progressives, the woke. How can we teach young people, our progeny, to understand that this tolerance is actually destroying them. How can we teach them what it really means to truly love? I guess another way to ask it is, is there any hope? Well, I think there is. I, I think the change begins when we ourselves understand that love is not tolerance and tolerance is not love. Affirmation is not love. Indifference is not love. A shrug of the shoulders, do what you want, I'm not going to judge you, is not love. It's opposite. We have to understand what love is and how it acts and what it demands. And we've got definitions of this that have stood the test of time for thousands of years. St. Paul wrote clearly about the nature and characteristic of love, real love, in his letter to the Corinthians. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Close quote, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the quintessential love chapter. Does that sound like what you're seeing from BLM and critical theory? Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud. I mean, it, it's not proud. Does that, does that sound like it's the opposite of what you see in the rainbow banners during Pride Month marches? Love is not proud. It's the opposite of proud, pride. It is not proud. 
It does not envy. It doesn't covet. It doesn't want what other people have. It doesn't seek redistribution and equity. It doesn't dishonor others. It doesn't mock other people, malign them, silence them, cancel them, deplatform them. It's not easily angered. Do you see the anger in the rainbow cabal? They're furious with anybody who disagrees with them. They called for executing Christians after the Nashville shootings. They actually were going to have a rally at Washington, D.C., where they would show up, and they were posting things on social media that called for the execution of Christians. They're beheading They said stuff like this. The crucifixion, they were saying stuff like this. That's what we want to do to Christians. That's the opposite of what Paul just said, people. There's a stark contrast between true love and this progressive counterfeit. Love isn't found in rioting against others who disagree. Love isn't witnessed in ruining the lives of those who think differently than you or I do. My feelings are more important than the facts is a declaration of pride and self-importance. And neither of these things, pride, importance, power, your feelings, none of this is the characteristic, the definition of love. This stuff stands in stark contrast to true love, a love that speaks up when tolerance is silent. True love, that is Christian charity, sacrifices for the sake of others. It protects others. True love steps in the way and says, stop. True love cares, while tolerance could care less. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.